Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. And we are here again this week with not just Troy, but we also have Kim Peverall, uh, Troy's wife, and we have Karin Sasser, my wife. And we are uh, having really part two of a conversation around identity and uh, particularly around how women sort of uh, think through their identity and struggle at times with their identity. And so um, we had a great conversation uh, last time. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that again if you have an opportunity. Uh, but Troy, when we were kind of talking about this, a, a particular song came to mind for you, right? So why don't you just talk a little bit about that and uh, get us going? So the song is uh, titled You Say by Lauren Daigle. And in the first uh, part of the song, she talks about, I keep fighting voices in my head that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. And then later in the song, she says, the only thing that matters now is everything that you think of me. In you, I find my worth. In you, I find my identity. And so from last week, I was thinking uh, just something that stood out with me a few days before we uh, were talking about this is just the statement that a woman sometimes often feels like she's not enough, but then sometimes she feels like she's getting the message that she's too much. And it's like, man, when, when Kim said this, I'm like, this really, this really, I can see this playing out in our relationship and just all of the places of life that Kim spends her life and a lot of ways just around the goodness of her giftedness I we we've talked about this and she didn't know I was gonna say this but she is what I would say has been referred to as an atmosphere changer like wherever she is she makes that atmosphere and that environment um, just unbelievable and 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 in ways that I could never and in ways that most people I don't (laughs) that I know could never make it but she'll do it to her own exhaustion out of some of what we talked about with just her being driven to that place. And I was thinking, well, you know, who is she? You know, the pressure that she feels in society, the culture pressure, um, religious settings, um, children's needs that they have, um, you know, my expectations as a husband. And I'm like, at what point does she never not feel this pressure to measure up? And then these little voices over here from all of those places telling her in, in ways not necessarily intended so you don't measure up or you're too much. I'm thinking, man, you're stuck or not. <laughs> so It's okay, honey. You know, this morning when, when I was um, praying about speaking today, um, Jesus took me to his word, and it's a familiar story. It's sometimes difficult for people like me to read because it is true. I am a Martha in a Mary world. And, or I'm a, I think the saying goes, I'm a, be a Mary in a Martha world. And I'm definitely a Martha. Mm -hmm. And I just, let me just read this really quickly. um, And then I'll just draw some comparisons. But, um, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. Um, Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And my eyes sat on welcomed. 
um, which I think is important. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And I was thinking about that this morning, and I'm like, I miss that every time. I so um, I get so energized uh, in the way that you described. I get so energized about the environment that it renders me empty by the end of the day, and no one wants to be around me. <laughs> and yet... Jesus said Mary knew what to do. She sat and she she listened and she invested in his teaching. And those words, it will not be taken away from her. Those really stood out to me this morning. If I um, and other women who can relate, um, if we serve or if we, whatever we do, um, the striving, this trying to master this being not enough that you talked about with those lyrics, if we just let the, the teachings of Christ reside and abide in our heart, um, I think that's just the, the best thing and the mm-hmm. best way to really mm-hmm. overcome these identity challenges. Mm-hmm. I think, too, in our culture, and I think this is true of men just about as much mm-hmm. as women, maybe even more so for men, but really our identity is caught up in what we do right. and not just, you know, who God's, you know, told us or defined us as um and i know kim and i had talked about too like when we were moms of young kids and we um were fortunate enough to be able to stay at home with our kids and we loved our kids but there was still it felt like there was something missing um there wasn't necessarily a a, a full contentment like did god create me for more than this and it was tied to doing and obviously there um, is great reward in doing for god and he calls us to that at times but that's not what's most important to him mm-hmm. and yet that whole am i enough it's just like this pressure to do whether it's to do for our family or to do for the lord mm-hmm. or or whatever that might look mm-hmm. like whereas i i agree i think sometimes god's just saying i just i want your heart i just want your time mm-hmm. and your allegiance it's not you know as much about what you do but we're, we're trying to have this control in doing things instead of just waiting for God to, to lead us and trusting that in the midst of maybe a time of rest that there's purpose in that as well. So as you guys have been talking, uh, a question came to mind for me because in Scripture, obviously, Jesus says, you know, it's, it's one or the other. It's a Mary or a Martha. The question I have is, can you kind of be both? Can you, can you be Mary who sits at the feet of Jesus while also being Martha who kind of takes care of the things that she felt like she needed to take care of. Yeah, so like when I was thinking about that, I feel like Mary is a revised Martha. You know, it's it's like um, Martha is busy. And for me, I this is and this is true. And I, w- I was just sharing this in our break. This is a very current lesson for me. It's, it's hard for me to sit here and talk about um, my identity because I don't have time for that because I'm busy doing God's work. I'm busy taking care of my family and controlling all of my life. And so um, that is really hard. It's taken um, just a lot of focus. And yet I know that's what God wants me to do. I know that he wants me to get in touch with the truths that he has for me. That's where Mary was. She was at Jesus' feet. 
Jesus rebuked Martha, but in a gentle way. And he said, it's better. It's better for you to be like Mary than to be filled with these anxious thoughts and to be concentrating on being an environment changer. Um, Shout out for all those who are out there. Um, It's better to do that from a heart that's grounded and abiding in Christ. And I think that's where Mary is. Mm -hmm. So your answer is yes. Yes. I think you can be both. If you're if you're intentional about it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Why would you why would it be better to be like a Mary? Because I think Mary's focus is first. I think I think she has her priorities, her spiritual priorities in order. It's first Jesus, then everything else. Mm. That's where my struggle is. I think I'm doing good because I'm putting others first always, mm. and, I'm, and I'm taking up everyone's cause, but I'm not feeding myself as mm. I know I should be. Mm. It's almost as if you feel like that is um, being like Jesus. Yes, absolutely. Right. And in some ways it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, I hear a lot that um, in the, in the world that 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 we work in, boundaries are so important. And there's this there's this kind of fun argument that we that we throw around at the office, which is, well, Jesus had boundaries. You know, <laughs> Jesus broke away from the crowds, and and he went and took rest and everything. And I feel like screaming every time I hear them say that because I'm like, no, Jesus gave until he was empty. <laughs> so much easier for me to relate. <laughs> He kind of died doing that. Yes, he did. (laughs) He took it to the extreme. Yes. Yes. And so it makes you want to do that. Well, I I find it easier to do that, Uh yes. Interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, two words came to my mind this morning, um, thinking about something I think similar in this, the whole idea of are we seeking God, which, which is the pursuit relationally, or are we serving God, which is the pouring out of that pursuit. And when I think about, kind of this Mary, Mary and Martha, and like, why would Jesus say it's better to be like Mary? And I was trying to think, what would that be? So for me, um, like Kim makes the environment, all the environments incredible. It's just like, I'm so nice to, to be in, to observe. And so I can see where she would feel a pressure to make that happen all the more so. But the part in which I probably enjoy the most is when she's being a Mary, because I get to, I, she gets to let down she, you know, and so if you ask which one do I love more, both, yeah. <laughs> because you know. But I think enjoyment is like this relational person. I think that Jesus saw in Mary. Mm-hmm. Hey, Carton, as you evaluate yourself, would you call yourself a Mary or a Martha? I don't know. I'm. Um, I think I'm in between as a true perfectionist, as we talked about. <laughs> Got to be good at both, right? Yeah, as we <laughs> talked about last. Yeah, but it's funny. On the one hand, I have to be good at both, but on the other hand, sometimes I think I'm the worst of both but um I mean there I definitely realize my need to spend time with God and and love it I don't always do it as regularly as I want but it's definitely always been a priority in my life and I know that that needs to be first and foremost but um I also understand that as a part of our act of worship is um by serving and just as we were talking about it earlier about how important it is for us to to be at God's feet and to to see him as supreme and really just give him the glory and worship that's due him. 
that Ephesians um, 2.10 also says, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. But it's the good works that he's prepared for us mm-hmm. and not the ones that we're just trying to take on our own. So right. you have to spend that time with God first mm-hmm. in order to know, because we have so many things thrown at you and you feel mm-hmm. like you want to say yes to them all. No, spend time with the Lord, mm-hmm. figure out which ones he's calling you to, because you can't do them all well. Mm-hmm. You'd rather do a few things well with the spirits leading than try to do everything for all people so i'm preaching to myself as i say this Mm -hmm. and a reminder to myself because i don't always do this well yeah that's great Mm -hmm. okay so we're going to take a a quick break and we'll be back in just a few minutes uh just to talk more about identity and how we can continue to live out um, in this hope that comes from jesus we'll be back in a minute you're listening to a voice of hope don't you just love the word renew It offers a chance to take a look back while holding new possibilities in hand. It's a word that offers healing, but without the bonds of despair, and it seems to point us in a new direction while giving promise to move forward. This is Kim Peverall with A Voice of Hope. This ministry has been created to bring encouragement in a relevant, easy conversation. Through insights offered from Troy, Christ, and their guest, It's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your walks through life and into your community. Let's change the narrative of the last year and make a plan to choose positive perspective and embrace hope. Practice peace and fight your tendency to become anxious. Instead, pray. Pay attention to new ways to encourage others. Simple steps like these will affect change in your own life and spill over into your community. We invite you to find more resources for hopeful living at agape-counseling.org and equipandencourage.com. Hey, thanks for listening. We are honored to share this journey together. Well, hello and welcome back to A Voice of Hope. I'm Chris Sasser here with Troy and Kim Peverall along with Karin Sasser. And we're having a conversation really just around identity and hearing from Karin and Ken primarily just uh, how women kind of enter into sort of the thought process and the, the struggle with identity that uh, we all have. And so, Karen, talk a little bit about um, for you, kind of when it comes to your identity and really your relationship with God. Like, how, how does, um, is there anything that sort of is a barrier for you when it comes to understanding your identity because of your relationship with God? You know, it's interesting, and I, I don't, I honestly don't know exactly where this comes from, but... I do have, I've always felt this sense of needing to prove my worth to God. It's like, Jesus, you died for me. You did this huge sacrifice, and now I've got to prove that I'm worthy of that, that I I am worth it. Um, And so I do that by just, like, trying to live up to these um, unreasonable standards. And I remember I was um, actually in therapy at one point, and my therapist kind of said, think about it this way. Um, if an alcoholic showed up at your church, kind of coming in, just kind of drunk and, you know, whatever, like, would your church just turn them away? Well, and hopefully if you're living in a Christ-centered church, no, like they would invite them in and that they would want to share with them the gospel of Christ. So let's say that this alcoholic accepted Christ and, um, and then came back to church the next day 
but was still drunk like would the church turn him away like all of a sudden it's like is that gospel of grace only for you before you know christ and then once you know christ that grace no longer exists that all of a sudden you have to live up to this expect you know this expectation of perfection um but it was funny because to me it was like well yeah like the way that I think was like, yeah, now all of a sudden that I realize what Christ has done for me and I had the Holy Spirit in me, I should be living perfectly. Well, I mean, that is a lie from Satan himself, but it's definitely, you know, one that I have just kind of struggled with. So how would you say that plays into your identity? Um, I don't know. I guess just like feeling like not enough, not worthy enough um and so kind of like we talked about last week how important it is for me to go back to scripture and see what the bible says that god says about me instead of basing it on the way that i feel or just the way i would work if i were god or the way i think that god works and really actually go back to the truth of god's Mm -hmm. word that's good it makes me think back of the uh statement you were talking about where you know, something is perfect already uh, in its imperfect form because of what we were actually given, which is uh, foundational to our identity, you know, that we are a new creation. That That's perfect, and that's something that we were given. Whether or not we're fleshing that out, you know, that is who we are. And so part of this life struggle is to walk in such a way where our flesh is beginning to prove that point, you know, which which is interesting. Yeah, it's as I was um, just thinking about us doing these radio broadcasts, and I was thinking about, you know, what would I want to say to women? And I was thinking, oh, you know, I, I need to say that, you know what, you are seen as righteous and holy and blameless before God. And then I was like, wait, is that right? Like, I need to go back in Scripture and make sure that I'm saying that right, because that sounds too good to be true. You know, yes. yeah, we're righteous, but is that really how he sees us? Or we declared that, but he still like sees our sin in us. Right. And so I had to go back to scripture. Like, even though I knew it was the truth, it sounded too good to be true that I was second guessing mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's true. Some of God's promises and truths about us do seem too good to be true, but they are, they mm-hmm. are. And again, I'm preaching to myself. I just wish that I could just mm-hmm. live in that and believe in that and let that define who I am. It's so important. <clears throat> also, I just think about, you know, as a, a, a believer, a person who is that that exchange has already taken place where we've exchanged our rags for his riches. We're, so so that our identity is that right there. And so in our lost state, it's almost like we haven't we, that identity has not been uh, exchanged yet, even though God wants to give that to us. So once we have that that God gives, you know the truth is is that our struggles, and our sin, do they matter? It, they'd matter to prove the point that God is in this perfecting process, but they don't matter in the sense that they have a hold of us anymore. So my identity is no longer truly tied to my lost state. It's tied to this new creation. And so if I could just just know that every time, you know, and in practice giving this kind of grace and truth, as well as living it out with the, with instead of shaming myself up, out or making myself feel like I don't measure up it's like man I would be living from my true identity that I was given whether or not it's fleshing it out yet because it's based upon something I've already been given Mm -hmm. and it's all of a sudden I'm not trying to prove something to God by my actions Mm -hmm. but instead as I receive his grace 
I am so filled with gratitude that my desire is to live in such a way, not to prove it, but just out of mm -hmm. a response to what he's done mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. He used to, um, in over the years, in, in my insecurities um, as a Christian woman, I'm surrounded by lots of people, um, especially in, in our family. Everyone's, you know, gone through seminary and, you know, the higher education and, and all of that. And um, so I would find myself coming, becoming, feeling very inadequate when I would want to express myself and, and the, the truths that I felt in my heart. And I remember I was, I was talking to my sister-in-law about that one day and I, you know, I just, I was speaking out of my inadequacies and she just very gently said to me, you know, you're, you're invited to the table just as you are. Mm. And that's really what God wants. Mm. You're, you, you have a chair at his table, come as you are. And that helped me so much. I've just kind of, you know, filed that away and I pull it out every now and again when I need it. It's like, I don't have to show up with my bag of credentials or, um, you know, my shingles on the wall or whatever. I don't have to be qualified to, to speak in, in this manner. I just need to have that conviction and that truth in my heart. And like you and I talked about, let the Holy Spirit lead. And that's where we were last night. We were like, what are we going to say? And, and I really feel like um, letting the Spirit guide the conversation. What I heard you saying there was there's a freedom. Yes. And, and, and like a freedom that we can live from, which that word's already been mentioned in, in our conversations, but a freedom that you can live from when you really kind of get what you just described from your head into your heart. And man, that's the struggle for all of us every day when it comes to identity. But, but I think we all deep down know living in that freedom is the best place to live mm, so <laughs> because great. the alternative to living in that freedom is kind of living with the chains and the bondage and the oppression and the, all of the stuff that gets heaped on us from the world and even our own thoughts. Yeah. But man, where, where I want to live is in that freedom. And I want to kind of express that to the people that I'm around yeah. as best I can. Right. That's a voice of hope. I would, I would uh, think. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It's so. really good. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that, isn't that true too, though? You're, you're writing a book, right? Um, yes, ma'am. Yes. And so <laughs> isn't that, isn't what we're talking about the bags that we very carry? Much. Yes. Yeah, very yes. much it is. And it's, yeah. it's this mentality of being able to set those bags down and just pull up a chair. That's right. And come to the table. That's right. Yeah, I love that imagery of, hey, you're invited to the table. Mm -hmm. You don't have to bring anything with you. Mm -hmm. You can just come be a part of that fellowship. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what Hebrews um, talks about, too, is that we have already entered the rest because of what Christ did on our behalf. Mm -hmm. He did the work. So now we can just enter in the rest, mm -hmm. in rest. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So that's another truth I think that we can kind of cling to. We don't have to work. We don't mm -hmm. have to strive. Christ did the work so that we can enter the rest. It's such a crazy thing, too, striving to rest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Such an oxymoron. Yes, it is, for sure. Yeah, I, was thinking, I was thinking about the different places of, you know, pressure points. And I think religious settings um, is just just one of those pressure points. And I think it's a huge one um, because I think that we're so much of the content of what we're talking about or focusing on in religious settings is truth. You know, and so I look at truth and I go, okay, that is, that's important to hold in our hand and to focus on. But as much as authenticity needing to meet it, which is the, just the genuine truth about where I am at any given moment, 
Well, of all the settings that those two are most difficult to to have, it's in religious settings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was telling Kim this past week, I said, you know, I had a dream. I, I sometimes have these dreams. I said, I had this dream where I've got this religious person uh, who's of some significance um, fussing at me for some reason I didn't do something correct. And I stood my ground and argued that it was more important for for me to be uh, truthful and yet real at the same time. And so I won this argument with this religious person, and there was no vision in this. Um, but because I won it, he sent me to someone higher. <laughs> so, and so now I'm You go arg- to the next court. Yeah, and so I went to the next place, and I'm having this argument with another person about the importance of holding truth and being authentic. And so from that, at this point in the dream, I, I just broke down and wept, started crying. And the reason is I looked back and I said, this, the reason this is so important is for these right here. And I pointed at children mm. because children need to see, they need to know the truth. They need to have the ability to be free with, their, with who they are and not feel the pressures of a religious mm-hmm. pressure. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I'll add to you. Like when you said pressure points and, you know, we can get into environments like a religious setting or whatever, where there are pressure points, what's, mm. and this is a whole nother conversation. What's interesting is, is pressure points have, have come to us now mm. with especially social media and all the oh, sort yeah. of digital stuff that mm-hmm. we have, like things that used to be pressure mm-hmm. points out there. And you would go to that setting or that place to be and mm-hmm. feel those pressure points now we have them in our hand mm-hmm. every day, yeah. mm-hmm. and and there's just something to to kind of think through when it comes to dealing with that. But again, that's another conversation. So, that's really good. Kim Karn, thank you so much Thanks. for uh, your time with us here. You guys really have been a voice of hope, and we appreciate it. So, if you want to hear more uh, episodes of uh, what we've been talking about over the last number of months, you can go to agape-counseling.org or equipandencourage.com, and you can hear a lot of what we're doing on the Voice of Hope. So, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. 